Welcome to The Main Thing. I am your host, Evan Borelli, and each week I'm going to bring you conversations around keeping God at the forefront of your life and how to keep your mind sharp in a chaotic world. Let these words drive you and inspire you to always be better. Larry, what is going on? Yo, yo, what's going on, man? How are you, uh, how are you holding up in this quarantine? Oh, we're going, just uh, trying not to lose my mind. Yeah, well, I want to oh. welcome... Welcome you and also welcome the listeners of another installment of The Main Thing. And I'm very excited to talk to you as if we don't talk most days, <laughs> but more on a structured platform instead of our random conversations over the phone. Much more um, filtered. Yeah, and so a little bit more structured and um, polite. But I'll say um, for the viewer's pleasure, uh, Larry's one of my good friends. We went to school together. Uh, he's a fellow Italian, and so he's another he's another meatball marinara. And yeah, you don't, I don't, hey you. Larry and I actually met sophomore year, and he was yelling, and then I started yelling from across campus because I heard him yelling, and I was like, that sounds like an Italian. And then he like swiveled his head really fast and started yelling at me, and we were just and yelling then, all uh, kinds of nonsense. All of a sudden, it's just like. Maybe, maybe downstairs, maybe downstairs right now. <laughs> and we're yelling at each other the whole time, walking across the freaking, walking across the battalion. And next thing you know, we meet in the middle and people are thinking, are these guys about to fight? And then it's like, hey man, I'm Larry. Hey, I'm Evan. Hey, let's be friends. I was like, am I your friend now? And you were like, yep. And I was like, all right, sounds good. If we just become best friends. It was, it was definitely that kind of moment. So that's how two, two ding-dongs became really good friends uh, pretty fast. But um <laughs> Yeah, like I said, obviously Larry and I went to school together. Uh, Larry played rugby in college, which was pretty sweet, and now lives in Florida and works for Merrill Lynch. And he's got a pretty cool perspective on things when it comes to faith, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have him on the podcast. So, Larry, I'll throw the mic over to you and just give everybody a background of who you are. And Yeah, so um, like you said, Larry Bermudez. Um, I was born down here in South Florida into a very New York Italian Spanish family. Um, her family's from Brooklyn. So hence how I say, how you doing instead of, Hey, what's up? Um, I, you know, moved to Connecticut, spent some time up there, did air, got my taste of snow so I can put a little bit of backstory and a little bit of fact checking behind the accent. Um, and then ended up down in Charleston, South Carolina at the good old Citadel where I met Evan best, worst four years of my life. Um, and I graduated with, uh, Evan May of 18 and I've been down here. I was, uh, working a security job at, uh, like a really fancy hotel down here called the breakers on Palm beach Island. I was trying to do the whole cop thing. Um, kind of put that on hold for a minute. Uh, I started working for Merrill Lynch uh, a couple months ago. So I'm in their financial advisor development program going through all that. And that pretty much sums up my backstory. Like, like Evan said, I played rugby all four years. Uh, and yeah, that sums it up. That's awesome. So we uh, we talked for a little while before the podcast. Um, I kind of like to do that. It gives us some it gives us some talking points instead of just going off the hip. Because some people are good at off the hip talking, but when it comes to delivering a message, I think it's good to to get some notes down. And, and Larry and I were talking about you know life challenges and and keeping our faith strong. And I was asking Larry, you know, what are some of the things that you might want to talk about uh, to give the listeners some perspective on how you think? And um, it, 
it sort of revolves around the same questions I've asked other people, but we're kind of going to, we're going to change things up a little bit. So when I, when I ask the question to Larry of, you know, what was one of your biggest challenges? Uh, the answer might not be similar to the previous um, guests I've had on, which I think is good because it gives people an understanding of what, you know, real life is like, you know, not everyone's the same. So Larry, I'll ask you what, what was a uh, very hard challenge in your life and, and what did that look like? Um, so one of my biggest challenges in my life wasn't even my own challenge, but um, it was definitely my, my parents split when I was in seventh grade, which is an awkward year. And then the divorce didn't finalize until the end of my ninth grade year. And pretty much it was just one of those nuclear kind of catastrophic divorces between, between parents. Um, things just it's when you think about what parents shouldn't do it a lot of what they shouldn't do did happen and you know your home life just gets uprooted and thing it's you know about 52 percent of marriages end of divorce you know nowadays and it's something that a lot of people go through and the reality of it is that faith didn't get me through any of it and that is something that people pretty much don't want to admit is that when times get hard, everyone wants to think, you know, I'll just throw it up to God and let God take care of it. And I didn't do that. Um, In fact, I I lost my faith. You know, I was still, you know, going to my CCD classes because I grew up Catholic. Yeah. You know how that is, Evan. Um, and so I still went to, you know, the Catholic classes every Wednesday night, still got confirmed and stuff, but it was more, it was just like the people that go to church on Sunday just to go. So they don't feel guilty. Um, I was going just because I, I was something that I had to do. My parents wanted me to do still. And I was just kind of going with the motions instead of actually putting the emotion and the trust and the faith behind it. And I lost it. And it didn't really get me through it. And that's something that I'll openly admit, which is hard for people to do, which is why I wanted to talk about it because it's something that just doesn't happen often. People sit there and they'll try to cover it up or put on the facade that, you know, face yes, face this, face that. And then the reality behind it is they don't know what they're doing. They don't really know what they're talking about. They question everything. They have doubts and they're, they're afraid to admit that they might have lost it and they stray away from it. And my thing has always been, it's okay. You know, like it's okay if you lose your faith, it's a part of the natural process. You know, the human psyche tends to cast aside what isn't tangible. So when the going gets tough, we focus on the problems that are right in front of us. So at the time, the the problem right in front of me was my deteriorating home life, the stress of being between two parents that now despise each other. Um, trying to look after my little sister and all of those tangible things that I could physically see and were having an immediate impact on. And so instead of putting most of my energy into God, I put that on the back burner and I just totally said to myself unknowingly, that ain't real. This ain't working. You know, nothing's changing. Screw it. You know, I'm just going to focus on what I can't control instead of what's something that I don't know is there, if it can control at all. Yeah. And that's something that <clears throat> a lot of people struggle with. And the first step 
and how I see is bouncing back from that is just admitting it. It's like when you have a problem, yeah, the first wanna, step to fixing that problem is admitting it. I agree with that. And I was going to ask you next, cause you, you brought up a couple of good points. What was the, um, well, a, I'll say that it's, it's admirable that you have the ability to even be aware that it wasn't present in a in a very challenging uh, time of your life. Cause a lot of people won't, they won't admit it. And you know, that's just maybe how they handle things. And it's not necessarily wrong because everyone goes through different things in life. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and say that someone is a bad person for not admitting something, but it's, it, it definitely seemed to help you by admitting it. So what was, what was like when, or what was the turning point for you and uh, realizing that faith was actually something that was important to have like deep inside your heart in order to like overcome certain seemingly challenging situations. So it took, it took years. It, it took years for me to bounce back to that. Um, honestly, not until my freshman year at the Citadel, not until Nob year did it really bounce back. And uh, I'll never forget. It was, it was hell week. Uh, it was during Hell Week, and it was remember the the first Sunday of Hell Week, when the no, when the knobs could go to church service if they wanted. It oh, was yeah. either they could go to church service or they could go sit in a, in a room somewhere, you know, by themselves for like an hour. Yeah, and um, you know, it's like what day two? Like we matriculated that Saturday. It's the yeah. next day. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. What's going on? Why are people yelling at me? Why are my socks high? Like what is happening? <laughs> and um, like, why is he making me tie my watch to my shoelace? What, it, why I can't read the time down there, What? I have bad yeah, eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I, I decided I was, I was up in the air. I was like, do I go to the church? You know, do I go to Catholic mass or do I just go take advantage of the hour nap that I could probably take somewhere in a room? And I was like, you know what? I'll go to Catholic Mass. Why not? I'll go. And I never forget, I was sitting in Catholic Mass, sitting there listening to Father Willie at the time, um, who was the Catholic you know, priest for uh, the Citadel at the time. And I was sitting there thinking like, man, what am I doing here? You know, like, can my dad just come back and pick me up? Like, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, I look up, I hear the door open, I turn around, and my dad walks into Mark Clark Hall. Upstairs. Are you serious? Um, he walks in and is in the back of the room just watching. Like, I don't know why, I don't know how. He didn't know the schedule. He just um, he decided he wanted to come to the school Sunday morning in chapel, and he found out there was a mass going on for the knob, so he'd figure he'd see if I was in there. and. I turn around and I see him walk in and it was kind of just one of those moments where I was like, you know what? Everything's going to be fine. And I was like, if this ain't a God wink, I don't know what is. Um, and that kind of helped mm -hmm. me just push through hell week. And it kind of was just that epiphany moment for myself where I was like, you know, if I didn't go to mass that day and I didn't decide it, and if something in me didn't say, you know, go to Catholic mass like you should, like your dad would want you to, you know, you probably should do it. You know, if I didn't, I wouldn't have seen my dad and that wouldn't yeah. have helped me kind of push. And 
who knows if I'd have made it if I didn't, because that was a really big pushing moment for me. Um, and so that was kind of the, the turning point that helped me kind of push forward and kind of restart my faith a little bit. And uh, I started, you know, looking through the Bible more and I started going to the church more and I started branching out to different churches. I kind of stepped away from the Catholic side of it. Yeah. Um, I can, no, wait, you I know, wanna, how to, I'll, uh, I'll touch on that. <laughs> wait a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> the Catholic segment's a whole different deal. No, that's a good talking point. Right. So, um, I feel like nowadays, a lot of times there's people out there that say like, you know, so, some churches are not good, this and that. Well, like, I don't really agree with that. I mean, I think every church is made in, in God's image. Right. And so mm-hmm. sometimes certain flavors aren't good for certain people. Right. Yeah. Like everybody's, I grew, up, I mean, I grew up Lutheran and it was great. It was a great experience when I was a kid, but would I adamantly seek out a Lutheran church now? Probably, probably not, not because the way that they do things, just because I appreciate the church I go to now, which is more contemporary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's a different type of uh, biblical teaching. Same, same, same corporation, different division. You know, it's all under the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, um, but, when we, when we talk about the, so like moving forward, right? So now you're, you're, you're through college and now you're at where you're at now. Um, yeah. One of the things I actually noticed, cause you know, I pay attention to some, some stuff, right? Um, oh, word. One, no, of, yeah, so, word. So one of the things I noticed you do these, uh, what is it called? Daily, daily words or no daily verse. Yeah. The verse of the day things on Instagram. I'm All right. So verse of the day, uh, what, so you went from not really having the relationship to realizing it's important. And now you probably inspire a lot more people than you realize when you do those, those daily verses, uh, through your social media. And it's just once a day. I mean, it's not like some crazy elaborate teaching. It's just an encouraging word through the Bible of some verse that it, I'm assuming it comes up on your phone, like as an auto generated thing. Yeah. Now I do it where I have it auto generated. I used to do this thing where I just drop a I just drop the Bible on the desk. I used to just, take it and then not that I'm dropping Bibles on purpose, but you know, like yeah, yeah. I would just drop the Bible and then whatever page it fell on, I'd read and really? I'd read it and see what happened. And you know, as I'm reading, if nothing on that page stuck out, I just keep reading until something kind of popped until something that I felt I could relate to, or maybe somebody else could relate to. And there's a good backstory to one of the, big reasons why I did it yeah. Um, was I was um, one day just doing that, just dropping it, dropping it. And uh, I came across Philippians and I started looking through Philippians. And um, one of the, the verses just it hit me like a freight train. And I ended up, I have it now. And I, I've got it tattooed on my rib cage. Um, I've got it just pretty much all over. Um, it's just, you know, Philippians one, three, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And I took it and I remember I just, I Googled it, found the background for it, posted it on Instagram and got a couple good responses from my, my friends on Instagram. And I just kept rolling with it. And, you know, that verse means so much to me because, you know, it's commemorating, you know, the people I've lost in my life, like my older brother and, and stuff like that. And, uh, ever since then, I just kept, I kept rolling with it. And, um, throughout the, throughout, I've been doing it for over a year now. Um, 
I would just get people that respond and be like, this helped me more than, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. And not that, you know, some like, not that I'm going looking for that kind of response. Like it feels good, but yeah. my thing is always, you never know what could help somebody else. Like if I read a verse that, cause I'm a firm believer in the written word. Um, I think verses can just convey such different kinds of messages because they're so open to interpretation. It's like any book, you know, yeah. one person reads it one way, somebody else reads it differently and whatever they're going through, they'll, ins- they'll inscribe those feelings that they have in that moment through whatever hardships they have into that Bible verse and can help translate their problems into solutions based off of just a couple sentences. Yeah. Cause I do the same thing for myself. And yeah. so if it happens with me, it can happen with somebody else and you never know who can, I think, you know, it's, who can I think it's interesting how oh, the whole, the whole flow of your life goes. Right. And I think that's so applicable to a lot of people in everyday society. Right. Like going yeah. through a, a tough event, too. maybe losing faith. Right. Yeah. And you, we were talking about this before the call started. You, you had a, uh, a real life biblical story uh, about Peter that you were talking to yeah. me about. I mean, you look at Peter, who is Jesus's, you know, right-hand man. And I wish this, I wish that story got projected in the way of it's okay to lose your faith more than it does where, you know, Peter, who's Jesus's right-hand man through thick and thin, um, pretty sure he they cut the ear off of a guy when they came for Jesus. And when it came time for Jesus's trial, and Peter was recognized and he denied Jesus three times. He lost his faith in that moment. And Mm -hmm. for the man to be like the Robin to Jesus's Batman, the guy who was there thick and thin to just deny him like that and just blatantly show he lost his faith. And then him being one of the first people to regain it after Jesus's resurrection shows that anyone can bounce back yep. that anyone can be given for forgiveness for losing their faith and that there's nothing wrong with it that you know it's a natural ebb and flow even the the greatest people in the bible who are supposed to be the most devout followers lost their faith even god even even jesus himself questions god in the bible even he asks god why why is this happening even even he kind of wavers a little bit and this is just my interpretation on it. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, like, you know, faith is putting trust in what we can't see. And yeah, it's the it whole, just, the whole it walk, takes the whole walk it, by it, walk by faith. Exa- walk by it, exactly. And it's just like anything else, you know? You gotta you like if you wanna get you wanna get good at on even anything. You wanna get good at running, you're gonna have to go through some some muscle pain. You're gonna have to go through some soreness. You might have to go through an injury rugby you want to get good at rugby you got to go you got to fight through some injuries you got to fight through sprained achilles torn pecs i mean the whole, I mean, you you're gonna to have to deal with the consequences that come with it so you want to get a strong faith you got to. it's like any other muscle you got to tear yeah. it and you've got to break it down and well so i'll also say the, that the one of the uh one of the things I, w- I learned in relation to this topic uh, i just finished that book um i talked about it in my last podcast um unqualified uh one of the little tidbits that i didn't speak on last week but i can speak on it now because it's applicable uh pastor steven mentioned that the only time anyone ever loses at at anything when it comes to like spirituality 
is when they legitimately like dismiss Jesus or when they legitimately dismiss God. Like it's okay to lose your faith in moments, you know, now it's not recommended, you know, for, you know, to Christians, we always say like, you know, just try, just try your best to keep the faith during hard times, but it's also not a hundred percent foolproof, right? There's gonna be times where we struggle and you might lose your faith for a little while, but but even in my thing, but and the only thing that I disagree with that is that even if you do, it's not over. So, I mean, there have been times in my life when I was younger, like I said, during that, during my parents' divorce, especially, um, I've cursed at the sky, you know, I've, I've, and I'll admit it. I've, you know, I was in like eighth, eighth grade, ninth, eighth grade, eighth grade, probably, yeah. Because eighth grade, I didn't want to go home because home life sucked because I'd go home and just have to deal with my mom. And I didn't want to go to school because you remember how eighth grade was. Kids are not nice. Yep. So I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to go to school. I was in a weird place. And I just kept was like, when is this going to end? Why is this happening to me? And I wrote God off. Like I just cursed this guy. said, you know what? Screw you. That's it. I'm done. And that was like a pivotal losing my faith moment. Yeah. That was my, that was my Peter's rejection to Jesus. That was my moment. And well, dude, think about all the stories in the Bible happens. on top of Peter, all the other stories in the Bible about people rejecting God and, and losing their, losing their faith. And, and God still has a way of working things out for his better plan. I mean, and, everything look at, I mean, half of Israel lost faith in Moses, you know? Yeah like half of the half, like an entire half of an entire population lost their faith and things still worked out. Things still pulled through. Now it's just like, we're not, you know, it's like anything else. We're not perfect human beings. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just my big thing is that people to understand, like, it's okay that even if you do have moments where you like in the moment, you might curse God out and say, you know, I'm out, I'm done that at some point you will have a moment in your life where you decide enough's enough and you will come back to it and that it's okay. I'll bring it right back. You come back to it. No one's, it's not like you're going to show back up and God's going to be like, uh-uh, bro. I remember that. Uh-uh. You ignored my text <laughs> message. You left me on red. That ain't, that ain't cool. Uh-uh. We don't roll <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that no more. Like you good. Go, go down the road somewhere else. Like get out of here. Well, so what do you, what do you recommend? What do we, what do we recommend to people who are, who are uh, going through a, a troubling time and they have seemed, they have seemed to lose their sight on faith and they think it's not, they think it's not working because maybe like the cards haven't lined up the way they thought they were going to line up. And what, what's the, what's the recommendation? Like, what do we, what's the encourage? What's the encouragement? You know, open a Bible. I'm not, people say go to church go to church go to church on sunday go to church it's like you got to do everything in steps and some people might be able to just get themselves up on sunday and go to church some people you know or some people it's like tuesday or wednesday and they think you know what yeah i'll go to church sunday and then sunday comes around and they either forget that they, they don't feel like it and they're done yeah so it's like pick up a bible Go find a Bible or while you're out, grab a Bible, swing the Barnes and Noble, download a Bible, find a, find a Bible online and then hit random, take the Bible and literally just, just open it randomly, open it randomly and start reading. And I guarantee that at some point in a page and a half, you're going to come across something that's going to 
have a direct connection to your life. Wow. Cause yeah. that's just the way that God works in my opinion that not like coincidence, like, do I believe in coincidence? I don't know. Is it real? I don't know. But certain things happen for certain reasons that science logic just can't explain. Yeah. And I that's agree intangible that. that people can't grasp because that's, it's like, why did this happen the way it did? Cause it's like, it's two of a flawless design for that to happen at that moment. Like you hear about the stories of people for nine 11. You know, you hear about the phone ringing, you hear about the alarm not going off, missing the taxi, missing the bus, missing the subway. And that three minutes that they missed, that they were probably irritated about, saved their life. Yeah. And so, you know, everything's by a grand design. And even the people that might have showed up work early that day and done this and done that and still might have lost their lives. Everything is a grand design. Yeah. And And I want to say also on top of that, the... uh, the the concept of like the bigger plan like god's bigger plan that's such a hard concept to concept for humans to wrap your right yeah it's, it's oh like, my gosh you think about how hard it is to try to understand that god is the creator of all things and his plan is is actually for the betterment of my life and if it means going through some storms i'm gonna not like it <laughs> in the middle of it because i don't understand that really at the end of the day it's for the greater good exactly. of what he has planned and it's like you don't know how and it's even the, in the terms of – because no one wants to think about eventually being done with this world. No one wants to think about the fact that eventually yep. it's going to come. And so, you know, everyone asks, you know, how, why does this person go? Why does this person go this way? Why do they leave? Like, why was he taken? Why now? Yep. And, you know, you start to think, like, maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's maybe if you know, and you, it, it's a, it's controversial because it's like maybe if you know this person, you know, their time had come because down the road, them being somewhere could have accidentally caused something, or could have you know them not being somewhere could have saved somebody. Yeah, and it's like it's like you. I mean, because you know my family deals with it. You know my you know my family lost my older brother when I was a kid. And so, you know, my family went through that whole, why this, why that, why that, why this? Of course. It's just, oh, because human beings just want to logically rationalize traumatic events. Yeah. We don't know how, no matter how much math we think we can do, no matter how much problem solving capabilities we think we have, you know, that's one mystery that no one will ever know. And I think one of the, one of the important things I try to, I try to remind myself every day is that I, I don't need to sweat the big plan because I have no control over it. The only thing exactly. I control is, you know, the day to day actions that I take. Yeah. Do I want eggs or cereal in the morning? You know, right. Like, you know, am I doing pancakes or am I doing a protein shake? Like what am I doing? Right. But like, <laughs> no, like on a bigger level when it comes to like, you know, career choices, even stuff like that, sometimes things can happen and I, I'll try to plan my future out so much, but things just won't happen the way I see them. Oh, but you're up- preaching to the choir on that one, dude. I mean, you know what, I've, you know, the past, you know, year and a half, um, you know, I've been trying to, you know, get into law enforcement and, you know, polygraphs just stress me out. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, it, it's been a tough go. And so you've got to sit there and think to yourself, you know, like, why is this not working out? Like yep. what, and I can try to draw all the parallels in the world. You know, like I turned 24, you know, in June. Same age, you know, my, my brother passed away. 
I turned 24 in June. Maybe God, maybe God doesn't want me to be a cop and be in that kind of line of work because, you know, like I can try to draw all these parallels right now yeah, and try to rationalize what is happening up there and why certain strings are getting plucked. But all it's, all it does is just stress me out and it just shoots my anxiety through the roof. Yeah. Cause I sit here and try to like make this, uh, make assumptions and you know, assuming, you know, like trying to figure all these things out when the reality is I need to just sit back control what's in front of me right now, put faith in the intangible and just move forward. And whatever's going to happen, happen, you know, yeah. have a black, have a backup plan, you know, have plan B, C, D and a plan or a backup plan for B. But well, it's the whole concept of like rolling, like rolling with the punches. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, and, you and I could sit here and plan all these things out. And if, yeah, at the right, end of the day, if it ain't God's plan, then okay, great. Then just roll with it. Like on to the next thing. Yeah, on to the on to Plan B because I already I already planned for Plan B, right? Like, yeah, and then Plan C just in case Plan B went south. And yeah, then God once forbid you get you gotta to go Z, to D. then be a little concerned. <laughs> Around L and M, we start sweating a little bit. But if you're getting down to the P's and Q's, dude, you might as well just like you know really you might as well. Out. Yeah, you better start getting good at like flipping some food. I don't know, figure it out. <laughs> what's your uh? What's been like your? I've been asking people this. What's been like your mantra? Do you have like a mantra for uh? 2020 that's like your go-to saying for the year honestly i've had the same mantra for the past since like sophomore year of college um i heard my dad say it once and i just adopted it and i've been saying it ever since i'd tell it to all the freshmen i you know if i you know had the pleasure of being responsible for um you know if your goal in life every day should be to inspire positive change in at least one person to try at least, Mm. even if you, even if you don't succeed, at least try. And because that one person can go at some point to inspire positive change to two people, those two to four, those four to eight, those eight to 12, those 12 to 36. And it's there, you know, it's, it's a way to inspire positivity on a broader scale than just yourself. Cause if I sit here and do all this positive stuff to myself, that's great. That helps me loads. That's fantastic. Yeah. But as a human being, as a Christian, more importantly, it's almost like in, in unwritten job description for us to help others before ourselves, just like Jesus did for us. Oh yeah, dude. It's we should do the same thing for other people, and so dude, that's like you know, that's like all even over, if it's that's all over the Bible, man. That's like that it's it's the quintessential, especially in the New Testament. The Old Testament, you know, is kind of like you know fire and brimstone a little bit, but especially the <laughs> when Jesus came around, things kind of changed a little bit. But <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, it's like just spreading positivity. There's so many Bible verses just throughout. I mean. You know, for God to not give us a spirit of timidity, you know, and just all that stuff, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, you know, like that's just always been my thing is even if it's something as simple as making somebody laugh, making somebody smile, brightening somebody's day, doing something, holding the door open for something like, you know, positive. When I say positive change, I don't mean like, let me turn your life around and <laughs> no, like, no, it could be something as small as let me go find a heroin addict and clean them up. Like, you know, like it doesn't have to be something extremely monumental. Um, it can just be something simple because it's just like the domino effect, you know, it just, yeah, of course, the smallest spark to light a fire. 
you know, somebody that could be sitting there contemplating suicide, you make them laugh, it could change their day upside down. You know, what's crazy totally too is that rewrite anything that they were thinking. Given your, given your, your life experiences and, and knowing what you know now and um, having that, having those moments of losing your faith and the fact that God calls us to like lift people up and be, be the light in other people's worlds, like regardless, like just to be a positive influence on everyone's life. I think it's, I think it was for a reason that you lost sight because now you understand, now you have an awareness of what that looks like. And now he's going to be able to use you to help other people in very small ways that might be pretty major changes in their life. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah. Cause you're more understanding of try to, I'm not like agreeing with like, yes, I'm, I am the best thing since sliced (laughs) bread, but like, you know, it's yes. I, everything, you know, honestly, my opinion is that I'll take somebody that's that had, you know, that has less qualifications, but has been through more in their life than somebody who's overqualified, but hasn't been through anything. Yeah. Well, it sounds like guy. an oxymoron. It's, it does sound like an oxymoron, but like how could you be, how could you be re- really good at a lot of things and not have gone through the tough stuff? Cause I, I mean, like the tough it's, stuff it's, it's sheltered. I mean, that's the first thing, <laughs> you know, you look at, I mean, you look at but it's the truth of the matter. You look at people with really sheltered lives sometimes. And this is not to throw stones at glass houses in any way, but you look at people that have never, you know, been through super hard. Everybody has challenges. Yes. But you like, give me the guy that has been downrange. Give me the guy that has had his life completely uprooted, upended, and then turned it around. Give me that guy. Even if he only has a high school degree, give me that guy because that guy took the absolute worst life could throw at him and made something out of it. He made flowers grow from sand. Yeah. So I'll take that guy over somebody who's got a master's in, a, in, in whatever, but you know, when I ask him to give me a hard time or a hard story, it was like his pledge year. Like, I, like I'll take the guy that has been through so much more because – there is no greater teacher than failure. And there is no greater teacher than the tears that we, we end up crying because of the times when life sucks. Yeah. And I love that. That is that the is best. That is the best way to learn. Like, yeah. You, you, you learn how to run by hitting the pavement. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when, when it comes to people who seem to be losing their faith, it's uh it's not the end of the world. And, and I know that, God definitely has a plan that's way bigger than we could, <laughs> way larger than fathom, fathom right? Like, I mean, with a snap of the finger, the dude created everything, right? So that's kind of, when it comes to that level of power, I think I could put my trust in something that powerful. <laughs> yeah. If he, if, he, my, if he creating stuff, like I flick on a light switch, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think he's got yeah. it. <laughs> well, Larry, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about, you know, really what it looks like to be uh, someone who's, even though they've, they seemingly lost it in the beginning, God always has a way of kind of reeling you back in and uh, teaching us a lot of really important lessons on lifting other people up and, and focusing on the main thing. So. Yeah, man, I've, uh, it was fun. And, you know, honored to be on here. Have always, always love talking to you, my guy. I appreciate that um, brother. Even sometimes I just want to reach through the phone Slap you, but I love you nonetheless. (laughs) 
Well, I appreciate it, man. And um, for everyone listening, hope that was encouraging. And I will see y'all next week. All right, everybody. Well, that's all we got for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Look forward to the next conversation next Sunday. And remember, always keep the main thing the main thing.